Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, the 1966 Gemini UFO sighting. That's correct, the 1966 Gemini UFO sighting. Now this was a UFO that was sighted by the astronauts on the Gemini spacecraft had launched in 1966. And for a little bit of background on this, um, you can go to Wikipedia, which I have the link to the article at the website ufowarning.com, and it will tell you that Project Gemini was NASA's second human spaceflight program conducted between Projects Mercury and Apollo. Gemini started in 1961 and concluded in 1966. The Gemini spacecraft carried a two-astronaut crew 10 Gemini crews and 16 individual astronauts flew low-Earth orbits between 65 and 66. Gemini's objective was the development of a space travel technique to support the Apollo mission to land astronauts on the moon. In doing so, it allowed the United States to catch up and overcome the lead in human spaceflight capability the Soviet Union had obtained in the early years of the space race. By demonstrating mission endurance up to just under 14 days, longer than the eight days required for a round trip to the moon, methods of performing extravehicular activity without tiring, and the orbital uh, maneuvers necessary to achieve rendezvous and docking with another spacecraft. This left Apollo free to pursue its prime mission without spending time developing these techniques. It goes on, it says, all Gemini flights were launched from Launch Complex 19 at the Cape Kennedy Air Force Station in Florida. Their launch vehicle was the Gemini Triton II, a modified intercontinental ballistic missile. Gemini was the first program to use the newly built Mission Control Center at Houston Manned Space Center for flight control. And it says the astronaut corps that supported the project, Gemini, included the Mercury server, the new nine, and the 1963 astronaut class. During the program, these astronauts, during the program, three astronauts died in air crashes during training, including both members of the prime crew for Gemini 9. This mission was flown by the backup crew. Now, what happened was, uh, during this mission in 1966, the astronauts did indeed report a sighting of the UFO, but um, our government handled this sighting the way that it handles pretty much all uh, official UFO sightings involving military personnel or space personnel. Uh, it covered it up. And this happened in 1966. Just recently, Glenn Greenwald from the Black Vault managed to obtain the, the uh, paper uh, documenting this through a FOIA request. So they kept this stuff under lock and key for, what, 50 years almost, over 50 years? A simple UFO sighting. So think about that. If you're really, if you're really still childish enough to think that the deep state and the U.S. military, industrial, intelligence complex is going to cut loose and give you disclosure, think about the fact that they had to cover up a simple... UFO sighting by a couple of astronauts from 1966 until present. That's how the, that's how concerned they are about you knowing anything about what's going on. Now we have an article that kind of touches on this, and I got a couple more coming. This one's also listed at the website ufowarning.com. This was posted a couple weeks ago, 10:14:21, and it comes off a site called aeroflight.com. It says the Gemini 11 UFO audio transcript and photos. It says the following is a case 
that has been around the field of UFO research, known as a UFOlogy, for many decades, but it is rarely talked about. Nowadays, the sightings from the 1960s are often overshadowed by more modern events. As the story goes, during the Gemini 11 mission, which flew from September 12th to 15th, 1966, astronauts Charles Pete Conrad and Richard F. Gordon Jr. performed the first ever direct ascent, uh, first orbit rendezvous with an Agena target vehicle. However, in addition to their mission, they encountered something they could not explain and even captured multiple photographs of it. So this is 1966, it's before Apollo, it's before the moon landings. Uh, these two astronauts are on this Gemini 11 ro and this, this rocket into space and they're practicing rendezvousing with a second space capsule in space in much the same way that the Apollo lander would have to rendezvous with the Apollo spacecraft on the return trip home. These are very important messages. It says on, and then it goes on here, and it lists um, the the paperwork that Greenwald uh, was able to obtain. It's stamped confidential. Imagine that. So we have this, we have this, uh, what we can only call a UFO sighting. We're not sure what it was. Could, there really wouldn't have been that much space junk up there at that time, although they try to claim that it was. And the first reaction of the U.S. government is to stamp this confidential. Now let's read the transcript real quick. It has the time dates listed, and it says, here's the talk narrative. It says, Gemini, Gemini 11, this is Houston, at 10, at, at 10 arrive, standing by. Houston, Gemini, do you hear? How do we read? Read you loud and clear. Okay, and this is the astronauts talking. Okay, we had wing dot 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 here off to my left large object tumbling at about one revolution per second we flew we had him in sight i'd say fairly close to us i don't know it it could depend on how big it is and i guess it could have been anything from our from our ELSS to something else we took some pictures of it, Roger. Now, it you can kind of almost, it's as if they're speaking in code. Even in this early time, the astronauts seem to be hesitant to really clearly say what they've seen. Just We see the same thing today with, with airplane pilots and military pilots. They spot a drone, or they spot, or they spot a UFO, and it's a drone. They spot some unexplained entity uh, hovering in the airspace above LAX airport, and they call a man in a jetpack. It's almost like this human inability to deal with the idea, the notion that UFOs are real, and we can't explain them. It goes on, it says, the sighting was also recollected and analyzed in the Condon report and ultimately labeled as simply being the Proton-3 satellite. It should be noted the below section was part of a larger portion of the Condon report that was mysteriously missing from copies disseminated by the U.S. government, specifically the the Defense Technical Information Center. That, <clears throat> that entire section on astronauts and their UFO sightings was removed, though the Black Vault later tracked down the complete version and archived it here. We'll get to that in a minute. Now, 
this this should tell you what's going on. They have a UFO sighting. They write it up in the report, but apparently they were so careless that at the last minute before they before they went on to disseminate the report, they just removed it. Here's your report. Oh, you're missing a few pages. Did anybody notice? Did the mainline news media notice? This this whole section, this whole UFO sighting section by these two astronauts went missing for what? 55 years? Nobody noticed but Glenn, Glenn Greenwald? This should show you how disinterested the media is, the general media is, in uncovering any part of the truth when it comes to UFOs. They're interested in pushing the narrative. Now, it's quite an involved report, and I, from this uh, site here that I have listed, it does show some pictures. They're nothing special. They're just, they look like a, almost like a collection of illuminated grapes, little round circular walls. But it's important to point out that they're changing shape in the middle, in the, from, from frame to frame. And I don't think it's just from, um, that it's just, that it's just from, um, the camera angle or anything like that. You have to almost wonder if this thing that they were viewing was some kind of shape-shifting UFO. In that case, it would have been something probably beyond the imagination of anybody at that time. You know, with the UFO phenomenon really just gaining traction maybe uh, 10 to 20 years before that. Now, the main article on this can be found at theblackvault.com, where they have so much good stuff. Also linked uh, at the website, ufowarning.com. And the title says, The Gemini 11 UFO Audio Transcript and Photos by John Greenwald, October 12th. He says, the following is a case that has been around the field of UFO research known as ufology for many decades, but it is already talked about nowadays. The sightings from the 1960s are often overshadowed by more modern events. As the story goes here, during the Gemini 11 mission, which flew from September 12th to 15th, 1966, astronauts Charles P. Conrad Jr. and Richard F. Gordon Jr. performed the first ever direct ascent, that is, first orbit rendezvous, with an agent target vehicle. However, a Gina target vehicle. However, in addition to their mission, they encountered something they could not explain and even captured multiple photographs of it. And then it points out here that on this document, page 106 of the transcripts, the sighting was recorded. And that was a sighting that we just read where, where, the, uh, where the astronaut explains that they can't explain what they've just read. It says... We had we had wing, we had wing. Now, it's almost like they're in a little bit of an excited state where they can't exactly uh, elucidate what they're trying to say. We had wing, and then it shows a pause. Here, off to my left, large object tumbling at about one revolution per second. We flew. We had him in sight. Notice that. We had him in sight. Doesn't say we had it in sight. Says we had him in sight. This tells me those after astronauts clearly saw a craft. They associated this as something that was intelligently controlled. And what was most likely in an intelligently controlled spacecraft at that time? Well, a man, just like them. We had him in sight. 
I'd say fairly close to us. I don't know. It could depend on how big he is, and I guess it could have been anything from our ELS S to something else. We took some pictures of it. Now, here you go. He says, I'd say fairly close. They had it in their sights fairly close. Now, think about this. These guys are in a space rocket, man. They're in at near Earth space, but the mission is to practice rendezvousing with another craft that's already up there. So, at an earlier time, they've this other craft has been blasted into space, and it's tumbling through space, and these guys are have, having to meet up with it, almost like a bullet catching a bullet. If they're capable, if these two astronauts are capable of guiding their craft into a position where it can dock with another craft, I'm pretty sure that they can judge distance. Think about this. They're in a space capsule, and their mission is to dock with another craft that's independently flown, also in the area. In order to do that, at the high speeds they're traveling, what, 18,500 mile an hour, whatever you have to speed you have to maintain to stay in space, I'm guessing these guys have to be pretty much able to judge distance. Okay? So this notion that they saw a spacecraft, they thought it was right outside their window, man. We were, we were tracking him. But no, what that actually was, was a satellite 4,000 miles away. Or a rocket booster 700 miles away. This is the kind of nonsense that has been put out there. This is the kind of nonsense that network television brings these paid skeptics to come on and spout. Just stupidity, basically. What we have here is a near sighting by two astronauts. But even in reporting the incident... You can tell how they have been conditioned to not even trust their own eyes. Because what do they say? I don't know. It could depend on how big he is. No, dude, you know how big he is. You're launching a spacecraft to another spacecraft in space. Okay? You're able to do that, but you can't tell how big a craft is that's outside your window. Oh, I think you know how big it is. And I think you know how far away it is. Because your life depends on being able to tell those sort of things. That's what I think. But I think this guy has had it drilled into his head. We don't talk about UFOs. We don't talk about the boogeyman. You keep your mouth shut and your head down and you do what you're told. I don't know. It could depend on how big he is. But you see, the, trip is, the truth is slipping through. I don't know. It could depend on how big he is. It doesn't say on how big it is. How big he is. These guys have been emotionally impacted by a close-up sighting of an unidentified flying object in outer space during their mission where they're practicing connecting with another spacecraft. It says... It could depend on how big he is, and I guess it could have been anything from R-E-L-I-S-S to something else. We took some pictures of it. Well, he's reverting back into that good soldier vocabulary there. 
and maybe he's got a good reason to do that. I don't know, but at least I think we have enough right here from these first comments to know that these guys had a close encounter, an impactful close encounter that was not space junk. It was possible to judge distance. It was possible to judge size. It was possible to overcome the optical, optical illusion of space that whatever would have presented. We know this is true because they were docking with another spacecraft. If they were able to do that, wouldn't they also be able to identify an unidentifiable spacecraft? I mean, if they could see the spacecraft that they're headed toward well enough to lock onto it physically, to judge its distance, I'm sure they had help from radar or whatever from, the, from, from ground control, but let's face it. It wasn't like they were flying blind up there. He saw this thing outside his window. He said, we tracked it for a while. We tracked him for a while. It goes on, it says, this sighting was also recollected and analyzed in the Condon Report, as we said before. And then uh, it says, an interesting example of an unexpected sighting of another spacecraft was made. This is a Condon Report, Proton 3. An interesting example of an unexpected sighting of another spacecraft was made by the Gemini 2 astronauts. Quoting from the transcript, we had a wingman flying wing on us going into sunset here off to my left. Excuse me? This is an astronaut talking. We had a wingman flying wing on us going into sunset here off to my left. A large object that was tumbling at about 1 RPS, 1 revolution per second, and we flew, we had him in sight, I say fairly close to us, I don't know, it could depend on how big he is, and I guess he could have been anything from our ELS to something else. We took pictures of it. So see, that's a little more involved uh, dialogue there than what we got the first time. So the first little bit we got was from the report. The second little bit we got is when they're analyzing what was said. Who knows what was actually said? I mean, without hearing the actual audio, and even then you wouldn't know because they could have very easily went back and edited it. It says, the identification of the, identification of the sighting, tape 209, page 2, was given as follows. We have a report on the object cited by Pete Conrad over... Tannerive yesterday on the 18th revolution. It has been identified by NORAD as a Proton 3 satellite. Since Proton 3 was more than 450 clicks, what's that, about 300 miles from Gemini 11, it is unlikely that any photographs would show more than a point of light. Now, this is nonsense. You can see. Even back in 1966, NASA's covering up UFOs. Nothing new going on here. The guy sees a UFO, the astronaut, reports seeing a UFO flying outside his window. And they say, well, that would have been a satellite 600 or 300 miles away. But in the report, they say, well, that's not possible. If it was a satellite, the pictures would have simply just showed up as a little tiny point of light. No, we know. We know it wasn't a satellite. It says the pictures referred to are shown in 
enlargement. You can go to ufowarning.com and you can click links and you can see these pictures. In phases 17 and 18, the Proton-3 satellite and the rockets are included in the PSSS listings under the numbers 19HH. Uh, 6GA, I think it says, and 1966-60H with the following characteristics. And then it has a whole list of characteristics here. Inspections of the photos taken at the time of the sighting reveals considerably more detail than just a point of light. And that's just the pictures that they released to us. Who even knows what they actually look like? If the distance from the spacecraft to Proton-3 is given by the NORAD calculations, then we may infer the physical separation of several objects in the photographs. Pleiades 17 and 18 are 100 times enlargement of the photographs of Proton 11 made with the Hasselbein camera of 38 millimeter focal length. The scale in the original negative was one millimeter, and that goes on and says the scale on the enlargement, then he gives all this and says, the minimum separation of any two components is about one-third or above more than one kilometer, referring to the table of the Proton 11 dimensions. It is obvious that the photographs are recording multiple pieces from Proton 3, including possibly its booster. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. Miles and miles away, but that's what it's recording. Now, um... The photos were um, were analyzed by, uh, gosh, I can't think of his name, uh, Kevin McCarthy, McAfee. He's a real famous uh, uh, scientist, does a lot of photographic uh, analysis. You can, I'm pressed for time, but you can find it here in the article. And from what I read from his report, and it's quite a long, extensive report, uh, it was inconclusive. He, he, what he came up with was that the neither the satellite no, yeah Bruce McAfee that's his analysis from 2000. Bruce says spent his early years in Rutherford, Vermont. After high school, he studied physics and worked for PI. Anyway, he's got uh, Bruce McAfee has uh, bona fides, you know, uh, lots of super uh, intelligent, super qualified guy. If you watched much UFO investigative stuff, you've seen Bruce McAfee, really a talented individual. Uh, who does a great job uh, uh, analyzing these UFO photos and picking out the fakes uh, from the ones that we just can't determine what they are. He goes through and says, if I can find it here, basically he looked through everything and just said, uh, there's, just, there's just no way that this stuff is space junk. It says, his UFO research and investigations, which are completely unrelated to his Navy work, have included Kenneth Arnold Air Force sighting, McVille, Oregon, goes on a little bit further. He has done historical research and was the first to obtain the flying disc vol of the FBI. Dr. McAbee is, is the author of, or co-author of about three dozen technical articles and more than a hundred UFO articles since 1970. Just a bunch more of the things he's done here. Basically, um, Maccabee has come out and said, from what, I could, from what I could tell from this article, that this couldn't have been a satellite. It couldn't have been uh, the uh, spent uh, rocket. And there wasn't uh, space junk in the, in the vicinity to create these images. We don't know what this thing was. Therefore, it is 
unidentifiable. It is a UFO. Now, you take a guy who has all these academic qualifications, who's had decades of experience, who is truly an expert, and he says, and he explains to you using all the math and all the science and says, look, this thing was not a used space rocket. This thing was not the satellite they're telling you about. We don't know what it is. I'm not telling you that it was, you know, something from Star Wars or the fifth, the, the, the fifth kind or whatever. I'm just telling you it's, it's unidentified. It's a UFO. But the History Channel or ABC News or whoever can't do a report on something like this without dragging out some paid skeptic who says, oh, well, that's a bunch of nonsense. It was a space rocket. It was a satellite. And these skeptics, more often than not, have no qualification, have done no work to show why they're right and saying what they're right. But the person that's a real expert, like Maccabee, they're just ignored. I mean, they're an afterthought. Do you see a pattern here? I do. 1966, two of the first astronauts of space that are on a mission to connect with a second spacecraft. Kind of a big deal, really. You think about 1966, we're launching one spacecraft into space to meet and dock with a second spacecraft, like a bullet catching a bullet. Got to be some skill involved there. Boy, the pilots that you would put in, that you would put in charge of that job. I mean, think about it. The computers in that rocket they were in, and 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 Houston Command Center. They say they had about as much computer computing power as your cell phone. Must have been quite a bit of human skill involved there. We can trust those guys to do that. We can trust those guys to launch them into outer space to dock for the first time with another spacecraft. But when the man tells you that he looked at his window and saw a UFO, we saw him, we tracked him. Well, you know, really, actually what he saw was a satellite 300 miles away. Actually what he saw was a spent rocket 60, 70 miles away. That's what he saw. No, that's not what he saw. He described it as a wing, as a wingman. In other words, a flying object tracking them. And what happens with that really valid expert eyewitness report? Well, the government goes to press, and they see they've left this in the Gemini 11, you know, report that they have to do, and they rip that baby out. 1966. And when do we finally get it? Well, you know, Maccabee didn't look at it until 2000. So, what, 45, 55 years later, and now and now it looks like Greenwald's just now gotten the actual documents to post online. So for 50, 55 years, this stuff lays around hidden somewhere? I don't call that disclosure. An expert eyewitness, an astronaut, witnesses a UFO, and we're told by a bunch of paid critics, by a bunch of paid skeptics, that we're to believe that that's a distant satellite or spent rocket. Meanwhile, the experts like Bruce McAbee are almost just brushed aside, if not for people like Greenwald and the Black Vault. I find the whole thing fascinating on just so many levels, you know, and when I read articles like this, it just reinforces what I already know, 
And that is, is that our government is not in the least bit interested in disclosure. If you're going to get disclosure, you're going to have to do it yourself. You're going to have to do your own research. Fortunately, there's stuff being put out there. You're going to have to read through the papers, decide what you think is real and not real. And you've got to make up your own mind. You can't depend upon somebody else to make up your mind for you. That's the thing. You need to think independently. Don't depend upon the authorities that be to tell you what the truth about the UFO phenomenon is. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.